Roger that, Houston. All systems five by five. But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Welcome to the Nerdfest podcast today. We've got Ian McLaughlin, Peter Johnson, John Farthing, and I'm Hazel Burton. On today's show, we're going to do a review of 2018, so discussing our favourite movies from the year. Ian's got a, a movie songs quiz. Yes, I do. It's called Who Sang That? Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've also got a film buff or film bluff quiz. And in Debater Nerd, we're going to be talking about movies that could be improved by one single thing. So how to improve a film by doing something different. But in the meantime, let's start the show. Yay, welcome back, Ian. Yay! (laughs) Ian's got a hangover. I do have a terrible hangover. Do you? What have you been up to? I've been uh, doing our Christmas show, so I've been out on our little tour. Travelling around the region, doing an improvised pantomime for punters, mm-hmm. and we had a little a bit pantomime, a pantomime, yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's halfway through. And we've got a few days' break, so we had a bit of a wing ding, <laughs> and uh, I have no wing left, and I think my ding might have fallen off. <laughs> you know what you should do? You should indulge in some nerdy snacks. Yes, like I my segue mm, there <laughs> today. Hazel has made for us chocolate mince pies. I didn't make this sweet mints like Christmas pie, but the chocolate, very nice. And then we've got some uh, fantastic. Multicolored yeah. flapjacks. It's amazing. I've never yeah. seen colours like that before. Yeah. So I was given as a birthday present the Geeky Chef cookbook, which I recommended on one of the previous episodes as a good Christmas gift. But obviously the message went down and I was given it as a birthday present. And it's full of recipes from the movies. And the one that we made last night is from Serenity and it's fruity oat bars. We'll post the, the picture of <laughs> what they're supposed to look like. I think if we can post it like. like a before and after photo of what the recipe book said it should look like. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I was preparing for this podcast and not paying attention to what was going on in the kitchen. But so they're <laughs> supposed to be ultra bright coloured yes. cakes. And what yeah. we've got essentially is, uh, it, looks like a, <laughs> it looks like um, how your poo would look as you gradually get more and more dehydrated. If you were just Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Stuck in the spacecraft. That's the four-day D- Downey Jr. That's what he should have looked like. <laughs> um, I don't think, well, it might affect the taste now, but thanks to that. But um, I, they taste nice. It tastes fine. <laughs> it tastes like, it's, it's a normal, normal flat. It's very nice. Yeah, It's just not about. multicoloured. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have shown you the picture of what that's supposed no. to look like. They're a good hangover cure, I'm sure. Are they? Yeah. The beer I had just before seems to have really helped. <laughs> Take the edge off. And I've got some smoky barbecue crunchy roasted crickets. Yeah, I just tried those for the very first time. They taste like nothing. Yes. They taste like someone's covering something with flavouring so you don't have to taste the actual the fact thing. that you're eating a cricket. Yeah. But post-nuclear apocalypse, we will all be eating that and I'll be ahead that, of the game. You'll corner the market. Mm-hmm. And what by the apocalypse you mean... Except. Yeah, the end of March. <laughs> Now it's time for our film buff or film bluff quiz. And this is where we have all got three facts for each other. Although one of those facts is completely made up and we have to try and work out which one that is. So Ian, would you like to uh, try and bluff us first? Yes, I will do. I've actually got four bluffs mm-hmm. here. Greedy. Only one of them being true, just because mine aren't very good and you always guess them straight away. <laughs> so one is true and three are false. No, sorry. Three are true and one is false. All right. Okay. So here we go. In the film Elizabeth... When Elizabeth arrives at St. Paul's Cathedral, there's lots of stonework going on, and you see all these guys with ancient tools whacking away at all of the stonemasonry. 
when the film crew and director turned up to film at St Paul's Cathedral, they hadn't told them there was an emergency repair work going on and there were lots of men in high-vis jackets and hard helmets. So the director had to improvise and ordered the costume department to dress them all <laughs> and go and source original tools immediately so he could have them filmed in the background so they wouldn't get in the way of filming. Mm-hmm. But with modern-day scaffolding. I don't know. I, I imagine they changed it for wood scaffolding. I don't know. After making Shrek, Eddie Murphy had to hire private security to catch someone who was leaving shovelfuls of donkey shit at the gates of his mansion every day. <laughs> <laughs> Georgie Henley's reaction to Mr. Tumnus in Wardrobe is real because they blindfolded her on set and took off the blindfold at the last second and she hadn't seen Tumnus in his Tumnus costume. And so her screams were real. What film's that? It's The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Finally, after finding out that she had to be naked in Titanic, Kate Winslet decided to break the ice when she first met DiCaprio by flashing her knockers at him. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. So is it Elizabeth, the construction? Is it Kate Winslet getting her boobies out? Is it the reaction to Tumnus? Or is it Eddie Murphy and donkey shit at the gates of his mansion? I like the idea of Kate Winslet breaking the ice in Titanic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if only she'd done that, maybe. <laughs> Hundreds of lives. Yeah, she can think through that, but she can't think to make a little room, can she? No. But I, I've heard that story before. I'm pretty sure that's true. I can true. believe that one. Yeah. The first one about the construction workers being dressed in olden clothes, are they not like health and safety reasons they have to wear their high-vis jackets and hard hats? Could you get permission to be working on there without those things just because you were shooting a film, if you're doing real work? And the fact that they've got all tools. Mm. Instead of a drill, we've now got a bit of wood. <laughs> bit of wood. Bit of wood. <laughs> I think I've heard the line which in the wardrobe story before. What is Mr. Tumnus? He's the um, centaur. Yeah. Oh, well. a bloke with goat legs. Played by James McAvoy. It is McAvoy, yes. Sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's either the St. Paul's Cathedral or Eddie Murphy. <laughs> did they catch you, Ian? I'm not telling you. He's <laughs> sat here and not in jail, so I'm going to say the answer is no. <laughs> no, they did catch him. They caught the guy. I'd love that to be true. Did Eddie Murphy just have a donkey? Forgot about it. Like, Why is there some donkey shit on my graph? <laughs> Was that your Eddie Murphy That's impression? Right, Eddie Murphy. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> that sounded more like a seagull. <laughs> we watch a panel game sometimes called Would I Lie to You? And they have a thing where they the, wheel the, on. They the think that we just completely <laughs> ripped off for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> that panel game. No resemblance to film Bluff or Bluff. <laughs> we can always disregard at least one of the stories. If the story they tell you is of someone who you'd have no chance of still knowing who that person was a certain amount of time later. If it's like, I met this person on a caravanning holiday 10 years ago, mm. you can always pick the lies out. So applying that logic to Ian's. <laughs> I zoned out about 20 yeah, seconds ago. <laughs> Just give us your answer, Pete. Oh. It's like Dad talking about Hamilton. <laughs> applying that logic to if Ian was trying to make one up, I think he's unlikely to make up the Elizabeth one. It's just not the sort of thing you'd come up with. Whereas having donkey Jim, shit, mate. <laughs> whereas having donkey shit on uh, <laughs> Eddie exactly Murphy's doorstep, <laughs> that kind of passes. You know that what, Ian? I'm going to give you some credit, and I'm going to go for Elizabeth as the one you made up. I'm going to go for the donkey shit. <laughs> I'm going to go for Elizabeth for the reasons of high vis. The opposite reason you just said. And yeah, yeah. I I reserve that right. <laughs> The made-up one is donkey shit. <laughs> Peter was absolutely right about me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the intellectual capacity to come up with something clever like that. Donkey shit is right in my territory. And tits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was actually true. They had to uh, get period tools and costumes and stuff like that. But luckily, they're stonemasons. 
So they they were really into the idea because you know it's, it's a real skilled job. It's not just sort of. I'm not we're fucking out all like that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> right. Um, can I raise the tone a little bit with my film buffer block? Please, I do. doubt it. Uh, we'll, we'll lower it. You'll lower it again. Okay. Um, mine is about Robert Redford because I went to see allegedly his last film yesterday before he. I checked because you you posted this. Is it? Mm. I've been to see Robert Redford's last film. I was like, is he dead? No, no, he's just announced his retirement. Uh, he's retired, yeah. So it's called The Old Man with a Gun. And um, if you haven't seen it yet, it's beautifully done and a great homage to his acting career, as is this. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. <laughs> okay, so I have three facts about Robert Redford, but one of them isn't true. The first one, he was turned down for The Graduate because, according to director Mike Nichols, he could never play a loser. His father was Jewish and his mother was a Christian scientist. He wasn't religious, but later described himself as Jewish because he quipped, it's more of a challenge. And finally, his directorial debut, 1980s Ordinary People, earned him Academy Awards for both Best Picture and Best Director. Mm, Bluffs number three. Oh, why? Because I know the facts. Don't think he got... Best director for that one. I think he got best picture, but not best director. I think that's my guess. So I'm going for number three. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm fairly sure the first one's yeah. true. I've certainly heard similar facts about the graduate and casting. The second one doesn't seem like something his would make up. Because mm. I'm not clever enough. Because, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it's not. A... <laughs> it's not about come come It's come not about with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm going third one. I'm going to go for the third one. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're all wrong. <laughs> ah. He did indeed. With his did first really? movie, Behind the Lens, uh, won Best Picture and Best Director. for that. Yeah, off. absolutely. Mm-hmm. He was turned down for The Graduate because the director, who's a good friend of his, said he couldn't play a loser. The fact that his father was Jewish and his mother was a Christian it's scientist. Changed, no. Can anyone guess who that is true about, though? Woody Allen. Nope. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Helmsworth. <laughs> Dustin no. Hoffman. No. Think, think of a famous actor who shared the screen with Robert Redford. In uh, Paul Newman. Yes. Uh. Paul Newman. So, yes, that one was a bluff. Mm. Ooh. Very good. Very well bluffed. Let's lower the tone again. I have, we've heard of Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. There's some great horror movie monsters that have been created over the years. There's also been some, frankly, shit ones. These are three monsters from horror films, two of which are genuine creatures, one of which I have made up. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, the ginger dead man. <laughs> A serial killer's ashes are mixed with gingerbread dough, which is then hit by lightning to create a living gingerbread man known as the ginger dead man that goes on a killing spree. Gary Busey provides the voice. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, it does pass the John Pun test. Number two, yes. the Sadonist. An S&M addicted pervert works at a nuclear power plant. When he jizzes on a particularly unpleasant magazine <laughs> and leaves it next to a nuclear reactor, <laughs> he accidentally creates a giant, hairy, leather chain-wearing monster that goes on a killing spree. Think of like a big biker type with the chains. Created from this DNA mixed with a SM porn mag, <laughs> the Sadonist. And finally, the Blood Freak. 
A marijuana-addicted Vietnam vet eats some tainted turkey meat and is transformed into a half-man, half-monster turkey. <laughs> Essentially, a weird turkey <laughs> killing drug addicts and drinking their blood. <laughs> <laughs> we are all astounded by those. I'm just amazed if any of them are true. <laughs> I would believe the second one was true because you're a filthy man, John, but I don't know if you're that filthy <laughs> to come up with something like that. Unless he started with the sort of Spider-Man jizz thing we were talking about a couple maybe, of weeks ago. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I think that one's real as well. I want it yeah. to be, so I think the first one will end up being... The ginger dead ginger man. Ginger dead man. Yeah, I have mm. a feeling that one is made up. Although I could imagine it's been made into a movie. And I do vaguely yeah. remember a, a movie of a, a yeah. sort of satanic gingerbread man at some point. I think it's the Gary Beauty thing that's telling me that it's not true, true. because he would throw like the worst possible human into that to make us believe it. <laughs> And Gary Busey is the worst possible humour. I'm going to go with number one being the bluff, the ginger dead man. The only argument against number two is the title. The Satanist is just, sounds like someone spent it's about a, it's half a, a second of trying to come up with that. It's a Satanist, I think. But it's still awful. It does sound like <laughs> something that John would make up, though. Mm. Yeah, but the ginger dead man is a wonderful pun. I congratulate you for making it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's not reacting. <laughs> so we all... Ginger Dead Man? Yeah. Ginger Dead Man. Yeah. The Ginger Dead Man is real. Oh! oh. And it was Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey <laughs> didn't appear in the sequels. There's three sequels, sequels including <laughs> The Ginger Dead Man versus The Evil Bong, which is a demonically possessed bong. The Blood Freak is correct. The Satanist, there is no horror movie creature created by. Oh, so you are as filthy as. Yes. Um, I think probably when we put the podcast on, we'll have some now. pictures to go with this of the Ginger Dead Man and Excellent. the, yeah. the, that, that the Blood great Freak. Bluff. Yeah. And I shall no longer give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I'll teach you. <laughs> we'll never trust you again. <laughs> Peter. Minor three statistics. And you need to work Yay. out which of the three... Love statistics, me. Who maths? <laughs> <laughs> One of them is wrong by at least 50%. So it's either half what it should be or it's double what it should be. The three things are... An American TV viewer who watches Netflix rather than normal ad-funded TV could avoid 160 hours of ads every year. Ooh. Video game repair companies in New York report that 25% of the PS4 consoles they receive for repair are infested with cockroaches. Mm -hmm. And in New York City, there are around a 1,000 crosswalk buttons. In 2004, only 750 were functional. By 2018, only 100 were functional. Do you say 1,000? Yeah. I don't believe there's only 1,000 crosswalk buttons in New York City. But that must be a correct factor if you change the other... Only 100 are functional now. When you mean functional, you mean pushing the button doesn't actually do anything. Yes. So you still got your red Tell man. Me what functional means? <laughs> well, well, they still work. That you've got your red man and your green man. You can't decide when you want the truck. Yeah, and it's just it's like a placebo effect almost. Yeah. And I read that fairly recently, and it's something like only about ten percent. So I think that's right. Yeah. I've heard about cockroaches in playstations. I I've heard about it in chocolate. To avoid us getting sued, I won't name the brand, but Cadbury's. Um, <laughs> they use Parma or fuck them. <laughs> they uh, obviously make their chocolate in big, massive. Mixing bowls, <laughs> well, big, 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 giant big, spoons, big tanks, and they can't guarantee that there isn't a piece of cockroach in your. There's an chocolate. acceptable level of cockroach in chocolate. Yeah, so the same could be true for PlayStation. For PlayStations, I've seen pictures of PlayStations that have been sent in for repair, and people open them and just cockroaches fly out. Yeah. But a quarter is a lot. 
Yeah, I'm trying to do the maths on the Netflix things. 160 hours, you said, yeah. that you could be I saved. I think it's more. I think it's more. Uh, over the course of a year, let's say adverts, there's like five minutes of adverts in an hour program times three. That's like 15 minutes of adverts this in, in our program. It's more like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, they have adverts yeah. every um, few words, don't they? I think it's half that amount. Though. I think it's more. I think it's you think double. it's eighty hours. Eighty hours rather than one hundred and six. If you watch four hours of TV a day, which is probably what the average American does, out of that four hours, an hour would be adverts. And if you watch TV every day, that's three hundred and sixty so hours is, of adverts. Is this specifically Netflix. If you watch Netflix, you'd be saving on not watching adverts. So I think John's right. So you only yeah. watch Netflix for that. Yeah, yeah. and, and therefore uh, would have gone from think adverts. It's about eighty hours. I think it's a lot higher. Yeah, me too. I think it's probably double. And I think the other two are correct. 160 hours would be equivalent to a month of eight-hour working days, just to put that in context. Mm. So you're saying, what, two months? Yeah. Americans have so many adverts. Yeah. 160 hours a year is about half an hour a day. And Americans will probably watch more than half an hour of adverts a day. I love that one. Okay. We've both spent quite a lot of time in America recently, haven't we? There's, yeah. like, there's nothing but adverts on. Okay, so who's going for what? So, John, you're going for that I'll one. I'll go for Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. I'll go for Netflix as well. But for the opposite reason. <laughs> you're all wrong. Oh. It is 160 hours. Really? Cockroaches? So the fact was that 25% of them contain cockroaches. Yeah. That is false. Oh. Which way do you think it is? It's 50%. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll go the opposite, less. It is 50%. <laughs> so why are cockroaches particularly attacking PlayStations? Because, apparently, the insects use the wide ventilation ducts on the bottom to move into the warm interior, mate, and make a home. Oh, Ooh. kind of like the John McClane of mm. the insect world. You're right on the crosswalk buttons in that uh, they're placebos. People yeah. push the button and feel something's happening, and then, but they just change on the regular sequence of the traffic. On a similar thing as well, the closed elevator doors do the same. They're, they don't do anything. So does that little bell on the reception desk at hotels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> banging it. Right. Speaking of lifts, I was in the best lift in the world last week, mm. going to the top of the Burj Khalifa, Ooh. where I, Tom Cruise style, suction cupped up to the top and then parachuted off the top. It was amazing. Would this be really? This would be virtually real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if anyone gets the chance to do that, um, please, please do it. It's an, an amazing, incredible experience. So this was actually at the Burj Khalifa? This was Dubai. at the top. This was 125 floors up. And there's a virtual reality experience where I had to solve a potential cybersecurity disaster, which I don't know was made bespoke for me, by finding a transponder and putting it at the top of the Burj Khalifa, and then I parachuted off the top, and it was insane how real it felt. Not that I've done it before, but I imagine that's how it would feel. Wow. I also saw Tom Cruise's fingerprints on the way down. <laughs> but they're tiny. <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny fingerprints. Did his mum come to his defence yeah, on Twitter? Said, well, I don't think it's really his mum. <laughs> Mrs. Mapper oh, really? like, Tom Cruise does not have tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to have a discussion about the year that has been 2018 that rhymes. and discussing our favourite films that we've been enjoying this year I think it started off really strongly it spilled this yeah. filmic load by June <laughs> so we had Black Panther we had Infinity uh -huh. War uh -huh. but the back end other than obviously the masterpiece that I will be talking about as my film of the year 
We all know what that is. I get what you mean, actually. In the, in the latter half, it seems to be a load of stuff we're looking forward to that then mm-hmm. maybe didn't deliver. Things like Venom, The Predator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favourite film of this year is Black Klansman. I knew you I were going to pick it that. again on the plane to Dubai. And it just profoundly affected me in many ways and still does. There's so many important messages in that. What I think was very clever by Spike Lee was shifting the tone from quite humorous and stylish and then whacking you over the face with some really poignant messages from that time. I can say that's how I did. I was in tears at the end. Mm. Most people were, yeah. yeah. If you watch it in the cinema, you could hear pin drop in the last mm. kind of two minutes. Genuinely mm. angry about it. This film was set, it was the early 70s, wasn't it, during um, Nixon. Nixon's re-election campaign. So yeah, 40 years ago, something like that. And uh, we've moved on some but it feels at the moment we're going backwards, mm. which uh, gets you really, really angry. So I, I, w- I would put that as my, my film of the year. Uh, genuinely, Monday. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, I absolutely, I, it's a great film. It's just crazy. For me, it's what cinema should be. It's experimental. It's interesting. It, it does something new with the genre. It's Nick Cage. being Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Let's not mention our last place in the... Uh, <laughs> we did a, uh, a Nick Cage quiz, um, the three of us, a couple of weeks ago. And to be fair, given how stupid the quiz was... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the guy sometimes listens to the podcast. To be fair, how, can I say how great the quiz was? I think we did really well. <laughs> it was very close. Yeah, we were winning, but then there were some very, very difficult questions at the end. Yes. But um, genuinely, Mandy... But is that true for other people or just for you? Is that a personal choice or something you think everyone should think is the best film? I've heard a lot of great stuff about it. So people are very passionate about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a real love or hate it film. Yeah. Mm. People that listen to a podcast will have a good idea of the sort of things that I like <laughs> film-wise. And if that's your bag, then Mandy is a brilliant example of that sort of film. But as I say, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Other horror films this year, Halloween. I really, really enjoyed the Halloween remake. And A Quiet Place was at the start of this year. Quiet Place. It was very, very early. Yeah. Absolutely. Lo- I'm so glad I saw that in the cinema. And I actually, I saw it again maybe a couple of months ago and I was a little bit afraid of, you know, not wanting to spoil the cinematic experience mm-hmm. that I had, but I enjoyed it even more the second time around. So yeah, that's, mm-hmm. um, I'd agree with that. Yeah. That was probably my pick for best film mm-hmm. for the year. It was, it's mine as well. Yeah. Well, at least two of us have gone for the same film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Handsman I would have gone for as well if, yeah. if Hazel hadn't. Yeah. Best action film was probably Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes, which that was, was fantastic. Yeah. fantastic. An example of how to do an action film. I'm not a Mission Impossible fan and I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. And I, I loved that film. Yeah. I'm not sure I loved it quite as much as um, you two did. But Did Bono like it, did he? Sorry? Did Bono like the film? <laughs> Bono? You too. You too, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> There's also, that came out at the end of last year in America, but early here for us was Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I mm. greatly enjoyed that. I, think. I went to London last weekend to see the new Martin McDonough play. He was the guy that wrote and directed Three Billboards. And I think he was, might have been busy making his film when they had to <laughs> write a play at short was notice. Not good? <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's a real love or hate it thing. It's basically the story of Hans Christian Andersen, who is played by Jim Rodman as like a panto figure, literally like talking to the audience. The gist of it is that Hans Christian Andersen didn't actually write his own plays, but instead had a Congolese pygmy that he kept locked in a box in his attic that he forced to write the plays for him. Okay. 
But this Congolese pygmy had actually travelled back in time in an attempt to stop the civil war happening, which killed millions of her people. How can you write three billboards and write that? <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and there's a bit where um, Hans Christian Anderson goes to see Charles Dickens and ends up staying for five weeks. And Charles Dickens is played by Phil Daniels as this big ranty, sweary cockney. Like, oh, fucking Hans Christian fucking Anderson, fucking still here. Every line of Phil Daniels is just a big cockney man. Mm-hmm. I had to stop myself shouting, park life, at the end of every one of his lines. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, very, very odd. But he, th- he did a very good job in Three Billboards. He did, yes. Yeah, mm. very great. And Frances McDormand, her Oscar speech acceptance is something that I'll remember for a long time. Um, we haven't mentioned Infinity War. Uh, well, that's what I was going to mention. <laughs> we haven't mentioned any of the three Marvel films, because there are mm. perhaps three candidates, Infinity War, Black Panther and uh, Deadpool 2. And Ant-Man and, and the Wasp. And Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah. yeah. I just don't think they can go into this. Mm. I, think they're, mm-hmm. I think they're a separate universe. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, anything that we were really looking forward to and were greatly disappointed by? I haven't seen two things yet, or one of which I was really looking forward to right until the reviews came in, which was The Predator. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love the character, and it's a character that's been terribly used. I mean, I've got a soft spot for Predator 2, starring the ginger dead man himself, Gary Busey. I mean, there's been how many Predator films now? We count this six? Okay. If you count Alien vs. Predator as well. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. to have that yeah. great character and that great concept of a hunter and to only have got one good film out of it, mm. it seems amazing. I, I actually didn't mind Predators. That was the... If you treat it as just like a sort of low-budget remake of The reboot, Predator. wasn't it? Yeah. In 2010, was it 2010? Adrian Brody, I think it starred. Yeah, I couldn't get over mm. Adrian Brody. He was the Brody most unbelievable action, action hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, doing King Kong, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. So, in terms of disappointing things, Ready Player One. <gasps> oh, yes. I went to see that with you. You said you enjoyed it. Didn't, oh, no, you didn't. You uh, said you were disappointed by it. Disappointed. I remember. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. Yeah, uh, the expectation was so high, and it had, it's like it had all the right Spielberg. things. Spielberg. Something about heart it was missing. Something, something missing. It, looked, and... it was visually stunning. It was quite exciting, <laughs> but it just it le- it left me. I didn't. You didn't care? No, didn't give a shit. I don't know if this is too meta, but when I first went to see Infinity War, I was a bit underwhelmed by it, but I've tried to think about why that was because I've watched it since, and I'm wondering if it's because I didn't go and see it with you guys, so we didn't like <laughs> oh. we didn't like chat about it afterwards, yeah. and I didn't you know or, or before and didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought you were saying it's because Ian was poking me all the way through the film. <laughs> I just concentrate. I was like, just put my finger in your ear to, to annoy you. <laughs> yeah, something was sorely missing. Um, I, I wonder if that's something like the atmosphere of when you go and watch a film contributes yeah. to your enjoyment of it. I mm. think that's a, the that's a factor. Yeah. The anticipation, yeah. certainly. I wonder if sometimes, having watched Last Jedi again, that we were all got overexcited all seeing it together at midnight and having had mm. a few drinks and yeah. doing the Star Wars quiz beforehand and everything. I think it's those kind of films. Like Black Klansman, I can go and see without you mm. and I'll be fine. Um, but those, <laughs> <laughs> those those films, any Marvel film, any Star Wars film, I have to go. We should make a pact right now yeah. that we have to go and see all of those together rather than Solo. Not that the Solo was a bad film, yeah. <laughs> but we have completely forgotten to mention it. <laughs> solo wasn't a bad film. It's just a unnecessary film if everyone went in expecting that here's a bit of extra fluff yeah i think maybe people are just expecting too much rogue one was too much like a standard star wars film Mm -hmm. i think those star wars stories should have been an alternate take that just fills in the gaps and is different to a main star wars movie 
the, the fans are so used to every Star Wars film being like world changing mm. and a massive event that when you get to that's just a nice film. Once you start trying to do things so regularly, and certainly big companies will always want to do this, mm. but uh, Pixar to me has just not been the same since they've tried yeah. to release so much more often. It used to be such an amazing mm. event. Marvel do three films a year and still keep it going mm-hmm. somehow. Although I think uh, Captain Marvel's going to be the first flop. <laughs> God, you can just say that every time. Eventually, I will be like Incredibles Two. I was a bit disappointed. With. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Nope, I, haven't seen it. I, I nearly watched fell it last asleep, night. And I never fall asleep watching films. Honorable mention for Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. as well. That uh, that tingled me. I would I would give an honorable mention for A Star Is Born as well. Yeah, it's a really well done movie. Their relationship is really believable. Great acting and the kind of concert footage is mm. really well done. You, you mm. totally believe it's a real concert. Did you ever go to see Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I love the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Historically correct, not, but I don't really care. Yeah. And there were moments when I generally believed that the characters were the characters, especially... Um, Brian May. Uh, Brian May and, uh, and John Deacon as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, there was moments when I just go, that is actually you. <laughs> <laughs> that was really yeah. good. And, 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 and what you call him, played Freddy, um, I did some great moments. There were moments... Rami Malek. Yeah, he really caught it. Caught yeah. the essence every now and then. It was great. Yeah. It's odd at the end, actually, when you go to see the real... Brian May, and all of a sudden it's, oh yeah, that's what he looks like, because he's just so accepted the one in the movie. And on the back of that film, I thought I'd go and, and, and try and find some concert footage online of the, the modern Queen with their new singer, because I thought, well, give him a chance, you know, still trying to go on that, and they've got this... Adam Lambert. Yes. He's a great singer, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. way more camp than Freddie ever was. That's saying something. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. saying something. Yeah, just like, we have, but, to, have, we have, yeah. to, we have to stay camp. Yeah. And it doesn't quite work for me. I think we had a late entry there for Isle of Dogs from outside the window. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Can we all agree what we think was the best film? A quiet year? Place. If we had to, like, out the ones uh-huh. we mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. If we're being di- diplomatic, yeah. I, I can live with the fact that uh, our nomination will be A Quiet Place. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> really good film. Really nice. <laughs> no Nerdfest number one film. Yeah, quiet. absolutely. Do you want to introduce my sack of fun? No. Sack of fun. <laughs> okay. Um, John has said that he's got a little something for us, so I'm going to hand <laughs> the metaphorical microphone over to John, and I might regret doing this. This is something that we will get the result of in our next recording. Okay. I went into Computer Exchange the other week, which is a, a big shop that sells second-hand computer games and Blu-rays, and they've got an entire section of 50 pence DVDs. And I went in the other week and I got The Proposition, the Nick Cage Western, and I got Serenity both for 50 pence. And I thought, this is built a whole new world of 50p films. There's some great ones here. And I went in yesterday. It was a uh, terrible weather in, in Newcastle. It was uh, ice snow or whatever it's called. Ice Sleet. rain. Sleet. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> so I went in and I thought, oh, I'll get some more of these quality 50p movies. It turns out there was only two good ones. But what they do have is shelves and shelves of shit all available for just 50 pence a DVD. So my sack of fun is a selection of 50p DVDs from Computer Exchange. I can't wait. And I would like each of you to uh, pick one randomly okay. from John's sack of fun. <laughs> Get your sack right, out. And you have to watch it and report back on it for the next podcast. Okay. Did, and did you, did you grab at these blindly or did you vaguely choose them? I vaguely chose them, but they're mainly mainly blind. Well, don't we have to... Okay, you're, gonna, yes. you're shaking your sack. I'm shaking my sack <laughs> and Hazel's about to delve in. All right. Okay, there's, I'm going to go blindfold, which is how I normally do this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have pulled out Selfless, starring Ryan Reynolds and Ben Kingsley. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, this looks rather good. Let's have a look at the cover. It won't be. <laughs> this has some reasonable acting in it. Never heard of it. No, there's a theme to a lot of these of actors you have heard of in films that you have never heard of. Ah. Okay. okay, shall I read out the synopsis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this provocative psychological science fiction thriller, an extremely wealthy man... Ben Kingsley undergoes a radical medical procedure that transfers his consciousness into the body of a healthy young man, which is Ryan Reynolds. But all is not as it seems when he starts to uncover the mystery of the body's origin and the organisation that were killed to protect its cause. I'm starting to think I have seen the trailer for this now. I'm starting to think you mm. might get two minutes of Ben Kingsley at the beginning. Okay. I think you might have done a day's work on it. Thanks, John. Yes, okay. we'll look <laughs> Let's see if right. again afterwards. <laughs> Okay, I shall delve into John's sacco fun. And I get Dead Man Down from the director of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Not David Fincher. Not David Fincher. No, no, one of the other ones. Colin Farrell, Numi Rapace, Dominic Cooper, Terence Howard. Victor, a rising gunman player, has infiltrated the crime empire run by ruthless kingpin Alphonse with the single purpose of making him pay for destroying his once happy life. Yeah, well, okay, okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. That sounds vaguely pleasant. Ian, would you like to uh, Ooh. delve into my yes, sack? I'll um, pass over John's sack. And I'll, I'll rub it. Rub it. <laughs> I have got The Courier, starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan, mm-hmm. Josie Ho, <laughs> and Mickey, Ricky Rourke in. <laughs> <laughs> it's an 18. Excellent. Yeah. I'm very pleased with that. A million bucks to deliver a briefcase. The catch? Delivering it to a killer. Mm. That's what I'm going to tell you about this one. That sounds great. That's super. Right, I shall report back on that. Okay. Can I pick one for Dan? We should pick one for you as well. <laughs> okay, Dan. Uh, next, sorry, Nicholas Cage. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Julianne Moore and Jessica Biel. Hmm. If you can see the future, you can save it. Ooh. Mm. I think I might have seen that. So Chris Johnson, who's played by Nicolas Cage, earns his living in a seedy Las Vegas magic act, but his ability to see a few minutes into the future is authentic. Ooh, okay. I have seen that. Enjoy, Dan. Shall I delve into my own sack, or do you want to... The hand is going in. I have got foreplay (laughs) in the tradition of Notting Hill and Four Weddings. But not written by the same person. Not written by the same person, starring Colin Firth, Stephen Fry, Jack D. Well, that's all right. A sexy adult romantic comedy, foreplay stars Colin Firth as Alan, a man who has it all, a beautiful wife who is the star of a hit TV show he produces. But when a new writer arrives on the show and begins to flirt with his wife, Alan finds himself falling in love with sexy French temptress Fiona. Why would somebody flirting with your wife make you fall in love with us? It'd make you annoyed with your wife. Yeah. Does sound awful, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I like the fact that John picked these in the first place, but with the knowledge, he's going to have to watch one. I, I, no, uh, this one I was not. It's <laughs> not part of the uh, deal. You managed to avoid some real stinkers in there. Do you want to... This is an ongoing feature, okay. so you yeah. might get so another John's choice. So John's sack will reappear at some point. <laughs> Every time I go into the computer exchange, I will top up my sack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned for the next episode or an episode in the future, and we will report back with our reviews. <laughs> Poor play. <laughs> Hilariously asks whether there is more to life than love, actually. Oh, no. fuck off. <laughs> so, Ian, you've got a quiz. I do. It's called Who Sang Dat? Mm. In many famous movies, uh, characters, for one reason or another, might decide to sing something. 
I'm not talking musicals. There are no musicals in this list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the song. I want you to tell me the movie. Mm-hmm. Fingers on buzzers. Oh, is this a it's indiv- a buzz individual? In. Yeah, there's ten. Does that okay. mean we have to go buzz? See, we don't actually have buzzers. Just say your name. <laughs> okay. If we think the other person doesn't know, can we shout another person's name and they have to answer? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me. It's too complicated. <laughs> but yes, if you buzz, I'll ask you for the answer. And it's the name of a movie. It's, an, it's the name of the film. Okay. Right. The first one is really, really easy, okay? So get ready on your buzzers. Bohemian Rhapsody. Buzz. Bohemian Rhapsody. You, did, you didn't know. It's not that. It's not Hazel. <laughs> yes. Bohemian Rhapsody. No, Peter knows it. Well, I was oh. going to say Bohemian No, it's not. Oh, Hazel. Um, John. Um, Thank you, John. You buzzed Wayne's in. Wayne's World. Yes, yeah. Wayne's World. Damn it. <laughs> okay, number two. Get rid of any buzzers. Do they sing it? They do. They mime along to it and they do a bit of singing. <laughs> 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 number two. You are my lucky star. I don't even know the song. You are my lucky star. Yeah, it's an older 40s song, isn't it? I'll do a bit, a bit more of impression of it. You Oh, my where was he trying for? Lucky, 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 lucky. <laughs> now it's got Nick Cage all of a sudden. Why are you masturbating my singing? <laughs> this is just uncanny. Uh, oh, I've stumped you. Excellent. Yeah, don't know. It's Alien. It's the song she sings right at the end, which oh. is in the cupboard, putting on the, uh, the space suit and preparing uh, the dark one. Uh, sings I it to herself. Last week. Yeah. Good question. Okay. This one's easy. Get ready on the buzzers. Mm-hmm. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. I've been married seven times before. I got married to the girl next door. Second verse, same as the first. A little bit louder and a little bit worse. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am. Anyone know? No. Carry on, Henry. No, it's <laughs> Ghost. It's the song that Swayze sings at Goldberg to annoy her. Oh. Constantly for about six hours until she decides to listen to him. Ah, okay. It's in the chair. Okay, good. Though so I would have loved it if he'd sang, I know a song that can get on your nerves, yeah. get on your nerves, get on your nerves. Uh, next one is Brass in Pocket. Got brass, dum, 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 in pocket, dum, 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 dum. Pretend a song. Yeah. 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 Any ideas? Mm. Nope. One of my favourite movies of all time, it's Lost in Translation. Oh. Scarlett Johansson sings it in a karaoke bar to Bill Murray. Yeah. Mm. Lost in Translation is not good there. What? No. What? <laughs> what? Whoa! I stand by it. It's shit. Yeah, I love it. Mm. I love it. It's just a delightful movie. Anyway, moving on quickly before we fall out. <laughs> Ready on your buzzers? Do you know what he whispers at the end of Lost in Translation? Uh, what is it? Go on, you're going to make it up, aren't you? Fancy a bit of a bump later. Fancy a bit of a bump later. Fancy a bit of bumming later. A bit of bumming. Bumming, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay. It's okay. Fancy a bit of bumming. <laughs> It's my birthday. <laughs> Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Next one. So who's only got a point? There's only one person got a I've point. Got, I've John's got a point. I've got, yeah. got one point about all of these so far. Uh, Good. Okay, next one is Afternoon Delight. Hazel, Anchorman. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So something they all sing in the foyer. Uh, next one. I don't know when we'll get this one. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Forever we will hold your banner high. John, I spit on your grave. Nope. <laughs> Again, one of my, also on my list of all-time favourite movies. I don't know. No, I assume Ooh. it's not a Disney movie. No, I mean, it's an out-of-context use of it. Yeah. Okay. It rings a bell, but... It's a full metal jacket. Oh. It's the song that the drill sergeant makes them sing yeah. when they're marching. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, next one. It's probably one of the most famous classic one, which is Moon River. Moon River. Oh, Let's go with American Werewolf. No. And crossing you in style. John Butch Some... Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. No, that's nope. Bob's keep following my head, isn't it? Yes. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes, it was. In oh. fact, the song was written for her because she couldn't sing more than like five notes apart, so they made it really simple for her. And we're going by the rules, John, breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. John gets that point. <laughs> He's a bastard, isn't he? Peter's having a fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number eight. Singing in the rain. Singing John, in, Clockwork yeah. Orange. Yes, it's the song they sing as they rape and kick the shit out of the poor woman in the house. Never seen it. Never oh, Shameful Gap. That is a shameful e- e- gap. E- it's a very good movie. It sounds it. And it is pretty awful. But it's not an easy watch. Ready to jump, I hope. Uh, the Banana Boat song. Uh, Dale. Um, John, yep. Beetlejuice. Yes, Beetlejuice. Me like, come in and one go home. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot more. Have you seen Beetlejuice? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you? You, you love Beetlejuice. It's great. For, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. fun. Lots of fun. And finally, number 10. I imagine John's going to get this immediately, but maybe not. Show me the way to go home. John Jaws. Yes. The song they sing just before it attacks again. So at the end of that, (laughs) uh, John got some points and nobody else. Oh, you got one point. Hayes got one point. John got some and Peter. Peter kind of got a point. (laughs) Kind of got a point, but he didn't shout his name out. (laughs) The winner is John. (laughs) I'm pleased that I stumped some of you for a change. And the prize is a DVD from John's Sack of Fun. So, John, you have to watch two movies. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach you. It's Sharktopus versus <laughs> Terracuda. Oh, I want that one. <laughs> you really The stage don't. is set for the ultimate battle in the animal kingdom. When a scientist creates a creature that is half pterodactyl and half barracuda, a Terracuda... <laughs> However, just as he achieves his goal, the creature escapes. As it runs rampant, destroying everything and everyone in its path, the scientists realise there is only one thing that can stop it. Sharktopus. That's fantastic. And if you'd rather watch that than your action film, you're welcome to swap. Oh, yeah. Yes, can I please? I'm not really into action movies, but that just sounds right up my street. There you go. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. And now it's time for Debate a Nerd. And the topic this time is improve a film with one thing. Is that self-explanatory enough? What plot line would you change? Yeah. What plot line or what incident? Or... Yeah. I would like to change an aspect of The Departed, Martin Ooh. Scorsese's film. Um, because I think Leonardo DiCaprio's character is pretty much the only trustful person in that film. And it feels like he should have a better ending than everybody else in that film. Like most people get shot in the head Mm -hmm. and they pretty much deserve to. Whereas he has been through absolute hell and back being in Jack Nicholson's gang. And it just feels like he should have gone on and not suffered the same fate as everyone else. And he does, he gets shot and it's very sudden and it just feels that was his life cut short when he should have gone on to live his life as he wanted to. And I was a bit sad that he was... Just the nihilism of the ending. Yeah. Um, I just think, why would you treat him the same as everybody else? Because he's not the same as everybody else. Fair point, yeah. So I would have him not shot and carry on to live on a farm with... Puppies. Puppies, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I would change the ending of Terminator 2. So when he goes into the big vat at the end, 
John Connor goes, no, stop, 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 and just stops him just as the head's about to go in. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, Hell's Angels that have the motorbikes with the skulls on the front. <laughs> the last shot is John Connor, and he's got the Terminator head mounted on the front of his motorbike, talking to him. And then Terminator 3 could be John Connor and his sentient motorbike pal. <laughs> <laughs> I may have put less thought into mine than yours. <clears throat> I would change Alien 3 so Newt lives. Mm-hmm. But then that would just be a completely different film. Or would you just change Alien 3 generally? I like Alien 3, but... I like Alien 3 too. Oh, they made a second one. We talked about, I think, ages ago about sequels that ruined the original. And I, I'm a little bit sad at the end of Aliens now. Because I know that Newton Hicks are not long for this world and their victory is nothing but a precursor to a painful defeat and death for all involved. It's a shame Blowcamp's movie was shelved. Yeah, the mm. alternate aliens. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. When Newt takes over mm-hmm. the mantle. Mm. I wouldn't kill the joke at the end of Batman mm. because Jack Nicholson was great and it was such a good character and it seemed a shame to kill him off. I mean, traditionally, Batman villains all just get stuck in Arkham yeah, anyway, don't they? It was a problem with the 90s Batman films. They killed off the Penguin at the end of the second one, and they killed off Two-Face in the third one. I would have um, changed some aspects of Jaws 3, which I watched last night. Why did you watch Why did you do this yourself? <laughs> because I can't help it. Uh, and I would have actually, I would have written a script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got some actors. <laughs> and, and someone who knew what they would do with the camera. And I think that would have improved that film. Awful, awful. And because it was made in 3D as well, originally, so the framing's awful. Mm. It's uh, probably one of the worst movies ever. Speaking of characters who um, probably shouldn't have been killed off, I think Brian Cranton's character in uh, Godzilla. Yeah. That was a big mistake. That was a big mistake, I think, because he was such an interesting character. And then after his death, which came in like the first third of the movie, it became a generic city bashing mm. movie instead of something that could have been quite clever with his Do you think they only had him for a certain amount of time or was it just always written that way? I don't know whether they were trying to do that whole like Drew Barrymore thing in Scream mm. and kill off the most important character mm. earlier on. I think they were just, uh, yeah, I think they were just trying to bring in some real weight. Psycho would have been a better example. Because <laughs> <laughs> up to his death, it's, it's a really good movie. He's fantastic at it. Mm. He really sells it. And that whole disaster scene at the top of the movie when the nuclear plant goes down and it's mm. a great movie. Yeah. And then, like you say, just it's let's rip up some buildings. Yeah, yeah. I, I applaud kind of bold moves in movies, and I, I th- I'm sure they thought that they were doing that, but it was the wrong thing to do in this context. I would change the ending of Terminator. So, you know, when he's being destroyed in the press, mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton stops and takes his arm out. And the last scene is, you know, when you've got those things for when he drops him behind the sofa, those robot arm things to grab him. <laughs> She patents it and makes millions. <laughs> but then, like, the last shot of the film is all of them coming to life via Skynet and it's just a montage of people being choked by robot arms. <laughs> I also might have taken out ending 13 of 36 of Return of the King. Mm. That movie could have ended a bit sooner. I could have done without all the hobbits uh, bouncing on top of each other in the bed. <laughs> That's the dream you had last night, isn't it? <laughs> it wasn't a dream, Ian. <laughs> Twelve of them. Oh, no, it's a dwarf, wasn't it? <laughs> what? Twelve seven dwarfs. Dr- seven dwarfs. No, there's twelve dwarfs in, in The Hobbit. Oh, The Hobbit. Oh, yeah, that's The Hobbit, yeah. yeah. There is nine in The Fellowship, isn't there? As in nine people mm. in The Fellowship. Okay, so 
Minus Sean Bean because he died, mm-hmm. so as he I, normally does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in his contract. Yeah. Anything else? I'd change the ending of Terminator 3. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Terminator 3. Oh, it's, it's a shit film with a great ending. <laughs> and that's the bit you change? I'd change uh, Bambi. <gasps> oh, so the mother doesn't mm-hmm. die. Because every time I've watched that film about a million times, and every single time I fucking cry when the when the mother dies. And that would change the entire film. I don't care. Forward, but I don't want to have to watch it and cry again. You could just watch the first twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, no, just or like, not watch it. Doesn't die, right? But she gets maybe disabled or something like that. So he has to go out and work hard <laughs> yes. to look after her. I like it. She's on universal credit. <laughs> yeah, she's got like you no. Know, has to wear crutches. Could you not just have like in the last scene, like the mum just walks on with a bandage yeah. wrapped around her? I got I better. Actually, yeah, better, yeah. It happened in Jaws, where a character is killed and then scores really highly in test screenings. I don't think it was test screenings with Jaws, but they decide they like a character and they come back up with a little bandage wrapped around them or something <laughs> that have clearly been shot ten times in the head. Yeah. It's a common thing in action movies. I try, has anyone seen The Dark Knight Rises? No, that's my porn name. Okay. <laughs> I have. I saw it uh, very recently. This is the one with Bane, where he breaks his back. Yeah, didn't they like? They pretended they they killed Batman, but it wasn't real. Oh, where he drives off in the yeah. thing but at it's the an end. Autopilot. And then they show like Bruce Wayne's headstone, and Batman's disappeared. Yeah. But then there's a last shot of him uh, with Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. who has yeah. not really had that much of an emotional attachment to him. He's too busy yeah. shagging the other one. It just yeah. <laughs> uh, but Selene runs off with Catwoman, and they're all happy at the end. And yeah. Then is it the next movie that starts with? Robin going to his grave or something like that. No, that's the end. Yeah, okay. That film ends with the cop who is played by... Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. And he's called John something. John Robin... No, it turns out his actual first name is Robin right yeah. at the very end. You're like, oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> but there is one like that where they pick up at the next movie and it's like he's been dead for years. And, that, and then oh, are you pe- talking about Justice League? Are you, t- are you talking about Sherlock? Sherlock. Yeah, and yeah. it's one of these things of how the hell did you do that to your friends with just pretending to be dead for a year? I mean, God. Well, Superman's actually dead. You'd never me. forgive someone for that, Superman's would Superman's actually you? dead, but in Sherlock, the yeah, you see, it's not a film, but um, you see, um, what's it, Dr. Holmes, uh, do, no, Dr. Watson. Watson. Oh, Dr. my God. Watson. <laughs> you see Tim do- from the office. Yeah, you see Tim from the office. Martin, what's his face? Um, yeah. <laughs> you lost all power I've of speech I've lost all power of speech. <laughs> anyway, standing over his grave, you know, being visibly upset, and there's Sherlock standing behind a tree. Yeah, <laughs> just watching going, him. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Peter, yoo-hoo. Well, how about how about um, movie conventions that you would ban now? So, for instance, mine would be any movie that has a collapsing building yeah. with lots of smoke coming out of it, and then the, your hero walks slowly out the smoke, still alive. Oh, uh, okay. that would, I would ban that. In the nineties, there was this thing where every single move the bad guy would always die by being knocked off something by the hero and landing on a big spike, and it mm. just literally every, any given film you could look at, it would be the same ending. Is there a film where he falls out of a building and lands on top of the guy from Buffet? Oh. Spike. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh why, why do I bother? This is gold. <laughs> <laughs> and gold should be buried. So should that. <laughs> Speaking of buried and spikes, in Misfits, I love there was a bit where a guy dies by landing on a spike and then gets buried. And only then he discovers his superpower is immortality. Now he's in the ground <laughs> and can't get oh. out. I think Jason Voorhees got brought back to life once because he was spiked in a previous film and then lightning hit the spike <laughs> and just magically brought him back to life. So we've established we haven't really changed very much then. 
that the Hollywood screenwriters are better than us. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Can you do it in a Liverpool accent? Very well. Let's hear you try. Right, okay then. Uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, you've been watching... Uh, Hazel Burton. You've got to do it in a Liverpool accent. All right, it's the end of the show. Um, and you've been watching this evening. No, no, I'll do that again. Sorry. All right. All right. That's it. All right. So that's the end of the show. Uh, you've been listening to... <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I, 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 you've been listening to Hasha Shasha. Yep. That's how I'm known in Liverpool. John, let's hear your name in Liverpool. John Farthing. That's sad night. That's a drunken Irishman, isn't it? And Peter Johnson. That's not bad. That was all right. That was a bang. Let me try again. John Farthing. No, it's the same Farthing. I'll do it, John. Farthing. John Farthing. Peter Johnson. Do a John Lennon. Yeah. John Lennon, yeah. I mean, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm the endings. It's just going, it's a, fa, 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 fa. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that, it was, that's ha, her, ha, 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 Remember to check us out on social media at Nerdfest UK on Twitter and Facebook. And we will be back with our next episode very soon. But in the meantime, you've been listening to. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McLaughlin. Peter Johnson. John Suckerfoot. <laughs> okay. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.